Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Our number is 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Feeling a little better today, America? Of course you are. The president had an outstanding debate, hit a home run. And one of the things he was able to do was draw out lie after lie after lie by Joe Biden. Joe Biden lied about his health care plan. Joe Biden lied about his economic plan. Joe Biden lied about immigration. The president nailed him on the, on the cages. Joe Biden lied about his tax plan. And he has to lie. Because I have all these plans right in front of me in the 110-page manifesto. And of course, as you've heard all day, and as you noted yourselves last night, I'm sure, when you watched the debate, Joe Biden's biggest blunder came at the very end when he did, in fact, talk about trying to eliminate oil and gas. And, of course, he'll do the same to coal. And we will have a huge problem when it comes to electricity as well. President of the United States made abundantly clear that Joe Biden is a lifelong politician. Over and over again, the president pointed out that Joe Biden had 47 years in Washington. And then he brilliantly kept saying, Joe... You keep coming up with these proposals and plans and so forth. Why didn't you do anything about it? You had 47 years to do to do it. Uh, you were in office up to four years ago, even less than that. What's the problem? You didn't achieve these things. And on race, the President of the United States also hit it out of the park. I'm not as uh, pleased with the moderator as so many others are. I guess the, the bar is very low now, uh, as long as the moderator uh, isn't... So 
utterly aggressive, but the nature of the subjects, the nature of the questions, and her constant interruption of the president, and they've now done a count on that, it's clearly very, very lopsided, um, was quite obvious to me. And she kept giving Biden opportunities to respond. I don't believe it helped Biden. I don't know what impact this will have on the election. It really doesn't matter to me. You should be voting, if you can, early in person. You should be getting five to ten people you know voting. Debate, no debate. Rain, sun, doesn't matter. But I decided to go back into the 110-page manifesto. And I'm glad my phraseology for this caught on because it gets under Biden's skin. And, of course, we have, like so many others do, the video, the audio of the video that Joe Biden said doesn't exist, and we'll get to that later, about fracking and oil. Now, why is this important? Because there are hardworking men and women who make this, en- this country run on energy. They are coal miners. They are frackers. They work oil rigs. They are truckers. These are people who earn modest incomes and work extraordinarily hard to make sure this country functions. Oil, natural gas, coal too, electricity. I want you to think about a country without it because we'd be absolutely destitute. And the left has switched sides. The left used to demand that we become energy independent. Now that we are in fact energy independent, thanks to American know-how, American capitalism, American technology, they are now demanding that we destroy, that we destroy our energy capacity and that we become throwbacks. And somehow these people who have no background in science, even though they keep pointing to science, no background in engineering, no background in any of the skill sets and educational qualifications to do all they want to do with solar power and wind energy and all the rest of it, they want us to throw all of this away on a pipe dream, on an abstraction. This would become an incredible national security issue. The communist Chinese are rooting for the Democrats and Joe Biden. They can think of nothing better than to have the greatest economy, the greatest superpower on the face of the earth, destroying itself. And let me be abundantly clear. We destroy our energy sources, we destroy ourselves. And Joe Biden was smirking and making faces when the President of the United States said that AOC was responsible for his environmental and energy policy. Remember that, Mr. Producer, last night? Well, if you look at page six of the Biden-Sanders Unity Task Force recommendations, they have the signatories to that particular part of the plan. You have former Secretary of State John Kerry, and the number two person is the co-chair. The co-chair is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. There she is. And by the way, Western Pennsylvania, Connor Lamb is also also one of the authors of this catastrophic non-energy plan that will hugely harm the nation 
and really destroy the economies of so many of our states, including the western part of Pennsylvania. Connor Lamb, congressman, is on this list. Gina McCarthy was a radical in the Obama administration at the EPA. She's on the list. But AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she's a co-chair of this committee. The president was right. And when Obama, excuse me, when Biden did one of his, his face moves, he was lying. Now it says in here, and I'm quoting, to reach net zero emissions as rapidly as possible, Democrats commit to eliminating carbon pollution from power plants by 2035 through technology-neutral standards for clean energy and energy efficiency. That's 15 years from now. Number one, carbon dioxide is not a pollutant. So they have to lie and fearmonger in order to get you to embrace this. Carbon dioxide, unlike monoxide, is not a pollutant. Anybody who has successfully finished a third-grade science class knows about osmosis. We breathe in oxygen. We breathe out carbon dioxide. When you wear these masks, when Joe Biden wears a mask, he wears it to the bathroom. He wears it to go to sleep. Uh, They have to put a straw under the mask so he can sip his oatmeal in the morning, noon, and night. You're inhaling your own carbon dioxide. You exhale carbon dioxide. You do not exhale a pollutant. That is idiotic. So they say to reach net zero emissions as rapidly as possible, Democrats commit to eliminating carbon pollution, so there's no such thing as carbon dioxide pollution, from power plants by 2035 through technology-neutral standards. There are no technology-neutral standards that will enable us to eliminate carbon pollution from power plants 100% by 2035 and 15 years. What has to happen and what they will do is they will shut down. They will shut down power plants that do not meet their goals. And when you shut down power plants that do not meet our goals, these are electric producing power plants. Got it? Electric producing power plants. So in 15 years, and actually it'll be less than 15 years as they go through this process, You are going to see the cost of electricity skyrocket. You're going to see the rationing of electricity. You're going to see brownouts and blackouts. You're going to see the prioritization of the use of electricity. That's what's going to happen. Now there's an abundance of electricity. You can leave your lights on. You can do whatever you want. You need to understand what's coming. Then they say, in five years... Within five years, I'm quoting, we will install 500 million, that's half a billion, solar solar panels. Including 8 million solar roofs and community solar energy systems and 60,000 made in America wind turbines. Can you imagine 60,000 of these massive wind turbines, 60,000 across the country? Half a billion solar panels? Where are these going to come from in less than five years? Who's going to manufacture them? Well, it's not going to happen. But in the process of compelling it to happen, they're going to destroy 
our economy and destroy our energy capacity. And it's unbelievable. I'll go on. Page three. We will set a bold national goal of achieving net zero greenhouse gas emissions for all new buildings by 2030. 2030 is in 10 years. If, God forbid, Biden's elected, it's nine years. On the pathway to creating 100% clean building sector. So in 10 years, the national goal of achieving net zero greenhouse gas emissions for all new buildings. So how are you going to heat your buildings? How are you going to air condition your buildings? Well, they're going to control what materials can be used. This is what the president was talking about when it comes to windows. Windowless offices, because windows are not considered energy efficient. You can have energy efficient windows in the context of windows. But if you have no windows, a room is actually more energy efficient. So you can imagine the kind of buildings they have in mind. You heard the Cameo a couple of years ago say, we're not going to have windows in these buildings anymore. Why? Well, this is why. 100%. You know, this is like Marxism. We're going to have 100, not 50%, not a third, not two, 100%. So you're going to have national zoning. Within five years, we will incentivize tens of billions of dollars in private sector investment to retrofit (laughs) four million buildings. So you're going to be forced to retrofit your buildings. And at some point, your houses. Now, while they're reducing the amount of electricity... They're going to increase the demand for electricity because they are going to create 500,000, half a million public charging stations from coast to coast for electric vehicles. Electric vehicles, half a million electric school buses. But we're going to shut down electricity-producing utilities unless they can be 100% carbon-neutral. Ain't going to happen. I'm just telling you what's in store. This will affect farmers. It'll affect people who work in office buildings. It'll affect people who drive cars and tractors. People who drive trucks. It'll affect everything. You know, we talk about the national grid, how the national grid, our electrical grid, could come under attack and get knocked out. Ladies and gentlemen, The Biden-Sanders manifesto will do more to knock out our electrical grid than anything any foreign country has ever attempted. So apart from the impact, the massive impact on the price of electricity, the price of natural gas, the price of gasoline at the pump, which will go up two, three, four times if you can get it, you're going to see shortages, brownouts, blackouts. You're going to see economic dislocation. Apart from all that, our enemies are going to love it. This will empower the Arabs in the Middle East. This will empower Russia, which is sitting on a ton of oil. This will empower China and probably provoke China to take steps it wouldn't normally take against the United States because it's going to see a weakening in weak United States. They are preying our enemies that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are elected. Now, this is just energy. 
I haven't gotten to the rest of it yet. We'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires educated people and people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses and through its support of classical K-12 charter schools. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. The learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God as described in the Declaration of Independence. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, and it will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levin for Hillsdale.com. What you to think of a couple other things before we get to some of the audio related to this fracking and oil production and so forth. It is the kind of government that can force companies to produce what the government says those companies must produce. It's the kind of government that will tell you what kind of automobile you can drive. It's the kind of government that will tell union workers what they will produce. It's the kind of government that will tell people all over the country, including in the suburbs, by the way, what your energy consumption will be. And you need to think about the domino effect here. And that has power like this, and our Constitution does not confer power like this on the federal government. Any government that has power like this is going to be able to tell you, it's somebody, listen to me, I know what I'm talking about. How many vehicles your family can own? What kind of vehicles your family can own? How much gasoline your family can use in their vehicles? Eventually, what size houses you can live in? The material your houses need to be built out of. Uh, The energy consumption will be monitored and they'll determine how much energy you can actually use. This is, as we say, a slippery slope. And it is tyrannical. Because none of these pie-in-the-sky plans can work. None of them. Because the government can't create what the politicians demand. But what will happen is, as is always the case... The Iron Fist of government will get bigger and bigger and bigger as it surrounds your neck. I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires educated people and people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses and through its support of classical K-12 charter schools. 
Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. The learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God as described in the Declaration of Independence. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, and it will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, Levin for Hillsdale.com. The Mark Levin Show is tomorrow's morning show. You can reach Mark now at 877-381-3811. What I'm trying to convey is this issue about fracking and oil gas and coal and electricity is not just about those who actually produce it and transport it and bring it to our homes and our automobiles and so forth. It's about everyone. Look around. The price of fuel affects the price of food. Food has to be produced. It has to be transported. It has to be packaged often in plastics. The price of clothing Yes, petroleum products are in most of the clothing that you wear. The price of housing. Yes, petroleum products are used for many of the materials that go into your house. But even more than that, your utility bills are going to go through the roof. And the price of transportation. The cost of a gallon of gasoline is going to double or triple if you can get it. In addition to the costs, you're going to have shortages. This isn't a scare tactic. You've got to look at California. California is the Petri dish. That's what they're looking at. You're going to have shortages of electricity, shortages of fuel. You're going to have rationing. And you're going to have brownouts and blackouts. For all the talk about working from home. It's going to be much more difficult to work from home if you don't have the, the electricity you need, among other things. So this energy plan, you might say, well, hell, I don't live in western Pennsylvania. I don't live in Kentucky. I don't live in West Virginia. doesn't matter. Those people are going to be affected immediately and grievously. But the entire country is going to be affected. Even the United States military that depends on this. There just aren't a hot, <coughs> excuse me, there, there aren't a lot of solar energy tanks and jeeps and personnel carriers. There just, there just aren't. In addition to that, his tax plan, while he does class warfare and he wants you to believe it only affects millionaires and billionaires, he's a liar. Please listen. He says he wants to appeal, excuse me, repeal the Trump tax cuts. If he repeals the Trump tax cuts, those of you who are listening to me who earn 45000 50, 55000 you will see your tax bills increase by 2000 to $2,500. In addition, his tax plans and regulation plans over a period of 10 years, according to a uh, Stanford University Hoover study last week, or earlier this week, will result in the loss of 5 million jobs. Five million jobs. 
And what do you think his energy plan is going to do? Now, I want you to listen to this. Not because it's gotcha, not because he blew it during the debate, which he did, but because you really need to understand what is taking place here. He is trying to conceal what he's doing and what he wants to do. Here's part of the debate from last night. Cut four. Go. Okay, I have one final Would question. Would he close down falls, the oil industry? It falls. Would you close it down falls. the oil industry? By the way, I would transition from the oil industry, yes. Oh, I would that's transition. a big statement. It is a big statement. That's a because big statement. I would stop. Why would you do that? Because the oil industry pollutes significantly. Oh, I see. Here's the deal. But that's a big statement. That. Well, if you let me finish the statement, because it has to be replaced by renewable energy over time, over time. And I'd stop giving to the oil industry, I'd stop giving them federal subsidies. He won't give federal subsidies to the, to the gas, excuse me, to, the, to uh, solar and wind. Yeah. Why are we giving it to oil industry? We actually do All give right. it to solar and wind. We and that's maybe the biggest question. statement in terms of business. That's the biggest statement. Okay. Because basically what he's saying question. is he is Mr. going President. to destroy the oil industry. Will you remember that, Texas? Will you okay. remember that, Pennsylvania, Oklahoma? Vice President Biden, let me give you 10 seconds to respond, Ohio. and then I have First of all, she kept interrupting the president. You know, she's getting kudos, but not from me. Because the president was exposing this and going in for the kill. And as I say, this is very, very important. He says our oil industry pollutes. Our oil, our oil industry is not responsible for most of the pollution that's in the atmosphere. It's China. It's India. It's Russia. It's not the United States. And I'm tired of the American people being blamed for this all the time. What we have done is unbelievable. The most efficient and, 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 um, and economy on the face of the earth. On the face of the earth. And later in that clip, and for some reason we don't have it, they talk about uh, the clip. They talk about, well, um, I never said I, I would uh, ban the fossil fuels. The president said, yes, you would. And this is the montage that's been playing all day today. Cut five, go. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, it would be, we, would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated and no more subsidies for either one of those. I guarantee you we're going to end fossil fuel. No more, no new fracking. I'd gradually move away from fracking. And I think it's critically important on day one that we end any fossil fuel leases on public lands. Oh, well, like, what about, say, stopping fracking and stopping yeah. pipeline infrastructure? Yeah. And, 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 exactly. and, and, they, they want to do the same thing I want to do. They want to phase out fossil fuels and we're going to phase out fossil fuels. There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. This is serious. And for, again, those of you who are not in the oil patch, uh, this is going to affect you right down the line. Why do we produce oil, natural gas, electricity, and coal? Why do we produce it? For you, the user. If you didn't use it, it wouldn't be produced. But I only have a three-hour program, so I need to move ahead. Let's look at health care now. Biden lied. He said the public option would be offered to people on Medicaid. No, the public option will be offered to everybody. He's going to destroy the private health care system, and he's going to destroy Medicare. Now, on page 31 of the Communist Manifesto, the Biden Sanders Manifesto, it says in part, Democrats believe we need to protect, strengthen, and build upon our bedrock health care programs. 
Cleaning the Affordable Care Act, Medicare, Medicaid, and the VA system. Private insurers need real competition to ensure they have incentive to provide affordable, quality coverage to every American. To achieve that objective, we will give all Americans, it says all Americans, the choice to select a high-quality, affordable public option through the Affordable Care Act marketplace. The public option will provide at least one plan choice without deductibles, will be administered by the traditional Medicare program, not by private companies, and will cover all primary care without any co-payments and control costs for other treatments by negotiating prices with doctors and hospitals, just like Medicare does on behalf of older people. Now, if that's not nationalizing the health care system, I don't know what is. So everyone's going to pick the public option because you're going to get a ton of freebies that private insurance companies simply cannot offer you. They simply cannot offer you. The lowest income Americans not eligible for Medicaid will be automatically enrolled in the public option at no cost. At no cost. Goes on. The 4.8 million adults who should be eligible for Medicaid but who live in states where the Republican governors have refused to expand the program Democrats will make the public option available to all of them without any premiums. Without any premiums. So they want to pretend that they're offering a public option. No, they are going to devour the private sector. They're going to have tens of millions of more people getting into the public health care, which is Medicare. It's Medicare through the back door. At the same time, they're lowering the age of Medicare from 65 to 60. They're going to destroy the Medicare program, and they're going to destroy the private health care market. This is a poison pill. This is exactly what this does. And the President of the United States was exactly correct when he said, you, you believe in socialist health care. Now, among those who were on the committee that created this plan, and I look at the end of this, it's on page 37, is Representative Pramilia Jayapal. Pramilia Jayapal, in my view, is a Marxist. She's radical leftist. And she has been pushing for, among other things, Medicare for all. She's on the committee that helped develop this. So this isn't just about covering people with pre-existing conditions. This is a poison pill that has as its purpose the destruction of the private health insurance system, of private health care, and the nationalization of health care. So on top of destroying the private energy system, on top of destroying the ability to get access to cheap electricity and natural gas and oil and so forth and so on, as that resonates through our economy and keeps our prices down and keeps our economy vibrant and keeps people employed, In addition to destroying that, they're going to destroy the private health care market that 180 million Americans now have. Now, we're not stopping you from getting it. They are sabotaging the private health care system. That's what they're doing. They are nationalizing the system, not even slowly but surely, but surely. And Medicare will be destroyed. Have you noticed, senior citizens whether it's Obamacare or this plan, the focus is always, the target is always Medicare. And taxes 
for lower middle class individuals will go up $2,000 to $2,500. So I'm not going to just sit here and analyze the debate. I am telling you what they're doing. They're telling us this. They're telling us this. On top of that, they're going to stop all physical barrier building on this on the uh, on the uh, on the border. All of it. All of it. And they're going to offer illegal aliens, or as they put it, anybody in the United States, health care. That is medical suicide. How long do you think it's going to take to see a doctor, let alone a specialist? What are the emergency rooms going to look like in this country? How are the hospitals going to be able to fund themselves and survive? This is part of the plan. It's right here in this damn manifesto. So people who are in this country who are not citizens, people who are in this country and illegal, will have access not just to emergency rooms, but to health care. Who's going to pay for that? Nobody. We don't have enough doctors and nurses and hospital rooms and all the rest. What about all the infections that people have when they come in from the third world and undeveloped day? None of that's even considered. None of it. None of it. Industry after industry. Societal sector after societal sector. They are targeting. In addition to this, they intend to destroy the Constitution by packing the Supreme Court Destroy the Senate by packing the Senate. Destroy the filibuster rules so they can get anything passed that they want. And then eventually to attack the Electoral College. So they will have power forever. They intend to institute these plans as fast as they can. And nothing will stop them. You might say, geez, I I, I voted for Biden. I thought he was a moderate. Now this is a... I didn't like Trump. You know, next time I'll vote Republican. Next time may not matter. Don't you understand? The system will be fixed. I don't mean fixed like reformed. I mean fixed. So it goes one way. You can't make a mistake this time. More when I return. Lovin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires educated people and people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses and through its support of classical K-12 charter schools. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. The learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God as described in the Declaration of Independence. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levin for Hillsdale.com.
So I'm trying to lay out really the dire circumstances if there's a Biden win. Your constitution will be eviscerated. Your way of life will be eviscerated with the attack on energy, the massive tax increases across the board, a regulatory federal government completely out of control, no more checks and balances because they intend to unconstitutionally alter our system of government. This should cause fear in each and every one of you. Uh, they will destroy your health care system. Those of you have private health care, you will lose it over time. Just as Joe Biden lied about anybody who wanted to keep their insurance or doctor could have kept their insurance and died flat out lied. And so uh, influx of illegal aliens, you can see that will affect jobs across the country, particularly the lower end of the spectrum where people are trying to get their first job or trying to get a salary increase as they move along. They're going to now be competing with uh, with illegal employment and illegal aliens, which will also drag on the uh, school systems and also drag on the health care system. It's just a matter of basic economics. It has nothing to do with race. It's a fact. Uh, this is, this is a, a, such a radical uh, and rapidly radical, aggressive agenda that it is really quite troubling. In the Wall Street Journal, James Freeman, again, somebody who I uh, really enjoy reading, says Americans wondering what a Biden administration would do to their health care cannot be reassured by the former vice president's comments on the subject last night. Biden resurrected a claim about the last great government intervention in the medical markets that has gone down as one of the most consequential falsehoods by a government official in years. Now, what's he talking about? He's talking about the lies, the endless lies uh, that were told by Obama about Obamacare. And now they're running around telling you how wonderful Obamacare is. Obamacare is a disaster. It's an absolute disaster. And he points out that that uh, in response to Donald Trump's argument that Biden's creation of a new health care plan would destroy private health plans, Biden said not one single person with private insurance would lose their insurance under my plan, nor did they under Obamacare. They didn't lose their insurance unless they chose they wanted to do something else. It's nothing short of stunning that Biden is still trying to get away with this claim about the so-called Affordable Care Act, which he championed alongside, of course, Obama. My grievance, he says, is not political. All my energies are directed to enjoying life and staying alive. And I have no time for politics. Uh, I'm one of the losers, he says. Uh, For almost seven years, I have fought and survived stage four gallbladder cancer with a five-year survival rate of less than 2% after diagnosis. This is Eddie Littlefield Sunby, who wrote to the journal in November 2013. I'm a determined fighter and extremely lucky, but this luck may have just run out. My affordable, life-saving medical insurance policy has been canceled, effective December 1, thanks to Obamacare. There are millions of examples like this, millions of examples like this, and dozens of times Obama and Biden lied about it. You see, it's very easy to talk about utopia in the future if you'll just surrender yourselves to it. Just vote for Biden. Nirvana's over the horizon. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. 
is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Reminder. Another huge Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you can't watch it live, I hope you'll DVR it. Not a short interview, not a medium interview, an entire one-hour, one-on-one, full-length interview with the Vice President of the United States. We go through many, 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 many subjects. He's an extremely impressive man. And this close to the election, I think you're going to want to, have to, hear, or want to hear what he has to say. Just to put a fine point on this, and then we'll move along. But it's so important that people understand what's coming. If they don't vote, if they don't get others to vote, and we fail to win this election. You know, people often say to me, well, you're just singing to the choir. Well, I'm singing to whomever is here. But I'm hoping the members of the choir will be an army of Paul Revere's, and Thomas Paine's, as I've been discussing now for two months, and that this massive town hall meeting, all of you, will leave this program and become precinct workers. I don't mean physically go to precincts somewhere. I mean get the vote out. It's up to you. You can't leave it to your local party or the RNC or the candidate. You, you have to save this country. Put yourselves in the mindset of the founders. They couldn't say, oh, well, uh, you know, uh, Caleb or Henrietta, they'll take care of it. No. And they had everything on the line. We have everything on the line, too. Including your children and your grandchildren. I just want to remind you how Obama and Biden and the rest of them lie all the time. Lie about health care. Lie about what they're going to do. And lie about the environment and all the massive destruction that's in their wake. It is massive. 36 times Obama said you can keep your health care. 36 times. 36 times. And you couldn't. Hat tip insta pundit, cut 21, go. If you've got health care already, then you can keep your plan if you are satisfied with it. If you like the plan you have, you can keep it. I intend to keep this promise. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. If you like your plan and your doctor, you can keep them. You'll be able to keep your health care plan. If you like your plan, you keep your plan. If you like your doctor, you like your plan, you can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan. If you like your current insurance, you keep that insurance. Period. End of story. If you've got health insurance, you can keep it. If you have insurance that you like, then you will be able to keep that insurance. If you like your health care plan, you keep your health care plan. Nobody's going to force you to leave your health care plan. If you like your health care plan, you will keep your plan. If you like your health care plan, you can keep your health care plan. If you like your health care plan, you can keep your health care plan. No matter what you've heard, if you like your doctor or health care plan, you can keep it. If you like your health care plan, you can he- keep your health care plan. If you like your private health insurance plan, you can keep it. If you like your private health insurance plan, you can keep your plan. Period. Nothing in this plan will require you or your employer 
to change the coverage of the doctor you have. If you are among the hundreds of millions of Americans who already have insurance, nothing in my plan will require you or your employer to change the coverage or the doctor you have. If you want to keep the health insurance you got, you can keep it. If you like your plan, you can keep your plan. If you like the insurance plan you have now, you can keep it. If you like your plan, you can keep your plan. So if you like your plan, you can keep your plan. If you like your plan, keep your plan. If you like your current insurance, you will keep your current insurance. If you like your insurance plan, you will keep it. If you're happy with what you got, nobody's changing it. If you're one of the more than 250 million Americans who already have health insurance, you will keep your health insurance. If you have health insurance, the only thing that changes for you is you're more secure. If you already have health care, the only thing this bill does is make sure that it's even more secure. If you've got health insurance, uh, you keep your own insurance. Today, I, I want to speak plainly, clearly, honestly. If you already have health care, you don't have to do anything. And everyone who already has health insurance will keep the benefits and protections this law already has put into place. Period. 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 End of story. You have or had one of these plans before the Affordable Care Act came into law, and you really like that plan. What we said was you could keep it if it hasn't changed since the laws passed. And this is very important. Back alive because he lied over and over again. Joe Biden is doing exactly the same thing on health care. They're going to destroy Medicare. They're going to nationalize the private health care market. That's what their scheme does. He's lying about fracking and fossil fuels. I've read to you what the document says. They're going to do everything possible to put our energy companies out of business and then try and create from whole cloth these technologies and, um, and expand them across the, the greatest economic system on the face of the earth. It will fail. It will fail. It won't work. Biden's lying through his teeth about taxes. Every single one of you listening to me, your taxes are going to go up when he repeals the Trump tax cuts. All your taxes are going up. So the price of fuel, the price of food, the price of clothing, the price of housing is going to skyrocket. There's simply no question about it. He also has designs on the suburbs. Everybody blows this off. Don't blow it off. They intend to devour the suburbs. In essence, they're going to annex them into the cities. They need the tax base. They're going to control single-family housing and zoning. They're going to control where swimming pools and parks and schools are put, and they're going to control what happens in them. The whole notion of federalism, townships, counties, little towns will be destroyed, and there'll be nothing that can stop them because constitutionally they're going to change our system. So this is what you have to look forward to. And they'll do it in two years. They'll do it in two years. One of the things the president said last night, there were many that was absolutely right on. He looks at Joe Biden, in addition to telling him, you know, you've been, you've been here 47 years. You put out this 110-page document. You go on and on about all these things that need to be done and you're going to do. Where the hell have you been? Why didn't you do them? And he says, I'm looking at you and you're a politician. Cut six, Mr. Producer. Go. No, Joe, I, I ran because of you. I ran because of Barack Obama, because you did a poor job. If I thought you did a good job, I would have never run. 
I would have never run. I ran because of you. I'm looking at you now. You're a politician. I ran because of you. All right, Vice President Biden, your response to that. And then I do have some yeah. questions for both of you. Well, I tell you what, I, uh, I hope he does look at me because what's happening here is you know who I am. You know who he is. You know his character. You know my character. You know our reputations for honor and telling the truth. Now, let's stop I, there. We do. And I will get back into what is a crooked and corrupt Biden family. Go ahead. I'm anxious to have this race. I'm anxious to see this take place. I am the character of the country is on the ballot. Our character is on the ballot. Look at us closely. First of all, the character of the country is not on the ballot. But we will look at them closely. Very closely. And the fact of the matter is, the evidence is growing each and every hour. There is massive evidence that the Biden family enriched itself through foreign entities, some of which had ties to foreign governments, including enemy governments like China. And that Joe Biden not only knew about it, but he apparently benefited from it. And he will not come clean, and the vast majority of the media will not press him. So here we are on the precipice of an election for President of the United States. And the media are so far in the tank for the Democrat Party, for their agenda, and for their nominee, they refuse to report on evidence, evidence that the Biden family is corrupt. I say evidence because the Biden campaign and not a single Biden has come forward and said that that laptop is not Hunter's laptop, including Hunter. Not one of them has come forward, including the campaign, and said those emails are not legitimate. Not one of them. Not one of them has come forward and said that, Biden, that, uh, that Hunter Biden had not gone into that computer fix-it shop. Not one of them has come forward and said that Hunter Biden didn't talk to and meet with the gentleman that owns that shop. Not one of them has come forward and said that the document that was signed turning over the uh, laptop was not Hunter Biden's signature. Not one of them. All they do is talk about a Russian disinformation campaign. A Russian disinformation campaign which the Director of National Intelligence, the FBI, and the Department of Justice said does not exist as applies to this laptop. And now they say it's a distraction. Three and a half years of a Russian hoax against our president. A criminal investigation that should never have been launched. A phony impeachment. Day in and day out, news reports. Day in and day out, breaking news. Day in and day out, connecting non-existent dots. When in fact, it was the Obama administration. And the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC and the media. That had colluded. And it was the Hillary Clinton campaign and the FBI that actually colluded with the Russians. And a Russian spy who was responsible for the dossier that was treated like the Bible when it came to the media. You notice something, Mr. Producer? Where is Hillary Clinton today? She's hiding. Where is she? She's hiding. Where is Hunter Biden today? He's hiding. 
The media don't even want to question Hunter Biden. They don't track him down. They're not hanging out in front of his door. They're not following him to his car. Nothing. Nothing. And the reason is, we have the most corrupt media in the history of this country. This media has gone through different evolutions, as I wrote about an unfreedom of the press. But the media today is a totalitarian media. It absolutely is. We have Biden's, Hunter Biden's ex-business partner. In fact, Joe Biden's ex-business partner. Bobolinsky comes forward on the record. Now he's being interviewed by the FBI. He's offered himself to the U.S. Senate. He's not covering up anything. And so if you're watching CNN, if you're watching Jake Tapper, who should never have been hired as a journalist, having worked on Capitol Hill for a Democrat, having worked for Handgun Control Inc., he's a Democrat, he's a liberal, and he cannot, he cannot report the truth. Here's how he summed up the debate last night after the President of the United States called out Joe Biden on the money that was received, the $3.5 million, from the widow of the mayor of of Moscow, the ex-mayor of Moscow. Nobody denies this. Where did the money go? How did that happen? Nobody denies that Hunter Biden received a huge monthly stipend from Burisma. Nobody denies that he received money from communist China. And the father wants you to believe, as I've been saying over the weeks, rope-a-dope. The father wants you to believe that he never asked his kid, he doesn't know anything. And now we have email. Real email. And it's censored by 99% of the media in this country. It is censored by Twitter. It is censored by Facebook. It is censored by Google. Massive censorship. By massive corporations, a massive government that wants Trump to lose and Biden to win. Why? Because if Biden wins, government gets bigger. Government enriches itself. Corporations get bigger. They enrich themselves through government uh, subsidies and through destroying any competition that they may have. So here's Jake Tapper last night. Unbelievable. Cut one, go. He is running the single most negative, sleazy campaign in American history for a major party candidate. Now, it used and to by, be that- And by the way, he's such an idiot. He's so illiterate when it comes to American history. He has no idea what kind of campaigns have been run in the past. We've talked about it here. But anyway, go ahead. People would be negative. That says something. And, well, people, it used to be people would be negative, and you could always say, well, don't forget... The campaign against Dukakis or, or historians like Beschloss or whatever would come on and say, you know, in 1800, Jefferson had pamphleteers who accused John Adams of being a hermaphrodite or whatever. Apparently, campaign- uh, apparently, Jake Tapper listens to this show. But he learns nothing. Go ahead. The Trump and his allies in the media and his mem- members of his family and the Trump allied uh, websites and such are leveling with charges so heinous, I'm not even going to say them. Just nonsense, crap, tied into QAnon, tied into QAnon, QAnon? Let me know what the hell QAnon is, you jerk. You bring in all this poison, all this cancer. 
This is typical of hardcore tyrants and propagandists for totalitarians. Just mash it all together, bring up Kunan, why not bring up the Klan and bring up neo-Nazis? He also brings up Pizzagate. We never talked about Pizzagate. We've never talked about QAnon. I don't know what the hell QAnon. Doesn't matter. It's a way of creating static. It's a way of, of creating ambiguity. What he doesn't discuss is the evidence. None of it. Because he's a fraud. He's intellectually corrupt. I'll be right back. I'm going to be really direct with you. If your cellular plan is with Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, you're simply paying way too much for the exact same coverage you would get right now with Pure Talk. So look at your cell phone bill where it shows data usage. The average person who switches to Pure Talk is using less than 4 gigs of data a month. But the big carriers are charging you for unlimited data. It's like paying for an entire row on an airplane, but only needing one seat. That's how Pure Talk saves the average person over $400 a year on their wireless service. Unlimited talk, text, and 2 gigs of data all for just $20 a month. And if you go over on data usage, they don't charge you for it. So folks, switching to Pure Talk is the easiest decision you'll make today. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. When you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N Podcast. That's Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Lou, Ocala, Florida, the great WSKY. Lou, go right ahead, please. Hey, Mark, we've spoken a couple times. Thanks. It's all I remember you, Lou. (laughs) Thank you for Radio Free America. That's what I call you now. Thank you. I I want to bring up the fact that we were talking earlier about the Green New Deal, and thank you for bringing up the Communist Manifesto that is the 2020 Democrat Party platform, which Mm -hmm. is so dangerous. And... um, the Green New Deal aspect of it, as uh, escorted by AOC, if you remember a while back, she and her then-boyfriend campaign manager explained that it had nothing really to do with carbon emissions. I mean, they were going to do what they could, but, you know, they're going to go for it anyway. But it's really about distribution of wealth. Mm-hmm. So when you talk up, when you talk about Green New Deal, it isn't the environment. It isn't as you've been talking about the real science of carbon emissions. It mm-hmm. is about communist distribution of wealth. You know, Lou, you're so right on, and I've talked about this in the past too. They use different issues for the same reason. It can be race, could be the environment, it could be wealth. The goal is to destroy the capitalist system, the free market system, and to replace it with a government-centric system. And whatever it takes, and we've even had them kind of admit it. We've had leftists say, wait a minute, you know, we can talk about climate change all we want, but ultimately here it's the war on capitalism. And you're exactly right. And as I was describing, subsequent to what I was reading, In the manifesto, I was explaining to people what is going to happen in your own personal lives. A disaster. Good call, Lou. We'll be right back.
In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Levin, radio's principal patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Over at Red State, they got a a hold of a 60-page intelligence report dated October 2nd on uh, Hunter Biden, Chris Hines, the stepson of Kerry, Devin Archer, James Bulger, who is like the grandkid of one of the great mobsters, I guess and suspected intelligence asset, Michael Lynn. And uh, this 60-page intelligence report, among other things, reveals the following. The state-owned Bank of China, through subsidiary companies, is the majority owner of Hunter Biden's future uh, venture capital firm, BHR. Hunter Biden still owns a 10% share of BHR, conservatively estimated to be valued at $50 million. Hunter Biden served on the board of Heinz and Archer's Rosemont Realty, a large U.S.-based commercial real estate firm that was then sold to a Chinese company. A Chinese company affiliated with Hunter Biden acquired electric vehicle technology and assets from two U.S. companies that were in bankruptcy and which had defaulted on government-backed loans. Joe and Hunter Biden's December 2013 trip to communist China overlapped then-Ukrainian president and Joe Biden ally Victor Yeniketkov's trip. BHR partnered with AVIC and Aerospace and Defense SOE, yes, the Chinese military, to purchase U.S. automotive supplier Hennings Automotive in 2016. You can see Hunter's involved in all this stuff. Suspected Chinese intelligence asset and Hunter Biden business partner and frequent travel partner Michael Lin at official meetings with Joe Biden while he was vice president. Now, the people who have reviewed this, Christopher Balding, associate professor at Peking University, HSBC School of Business in Shenzhen, and no Trump supporter, uh, he says here that this information is publicly available, easily discoverable. He says there's no secret method for discovering this data other than actually looking, and that knowing how the Chinese government operates, the links between Beijing and the Bidens are very worrisome. He says, having lived in China for nine years through the Xi regime's construction and concentration camps, and having witnessed firsthand their use of influence and intelligence operations, the Biden links worry me profoundly. Whether Joe Biden personally knew the details, a very untenable position. It is simply political malpractice to not be aware of the details of these financial arrangements. These documentable financial links simply cannot be wished away. 
And you go to redstate.com, and they have the entire report linked over there. And I would encourage you to do exactly that. The time to say no to this kind of corruption, in addition to all the other tumult that this party and their, their nominee will create, the time to say no to this kind of corruption is now. And the corruption is so poisonous that the media are part of the corruption. The media are a cover-up operation. They're now a censorship operation for the Democrat Party. Because the media are populated with Democrats, they're populated with social activists and liberals. They're owned by major international corporations, many of which want to continue to do business with communist China, many of which are not capitalist in orientation. They've gotten used to being oligopolies. Some of them are more monopolies. And they want to continue to be protected. They are not free market capitalists. Period. And CNN, which is owned by AT&T, and NBC and MSNBC, which is owned by Comcast, they don't want any trouble. So ladies and gentlemen, I decided also, as we move along here, a lot of talk about, you know, the President of the United States didn't act quickly enough on this pandemic. Well, he acted faster than Obama-Biden, and he acted faster than Woodrow Wilson way back in 1917. In fact, he acted very quickly. So I went back to March 23, a piece by Paul Bedard in the Washington uh, Examiner. And let me tell you some of the things the president did. Ready? This is important. President Trump declared a national emergency inviting states, territories, and tribes to access over $42 billion in existing funding. President signed legislation securing another $8.3 billion for coronavirus response. President signed the Families First Coronavirus Response Act, ensuring that American families and businesses impacted by the virus received the strong support that they needed. Now, to leverage the resources of the entire government, the president created a White House Coronavirus Task Force almost immediately to coordinate the response of the country. Vice President Pence named Dr. Deborah Burks to serve as the White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator. The president held multiple teleconferences with our nation's governors to coordinate response efforts and offer his full support to full gaps. President approved major disaster declarations for impacted states like New York, Washington State, and California. In January, President Trump reacted quickly to implement travel restrictions on travel from China, buying valuable time to respond to the virus and saving God knows how many lives. President announced further travel restrictions on global hotspots, including Europe, the United Kingdom, and Ireland, and Iran. American citizens returning from travel-restricted countries were routed to specific airports, where they could be screened and isolated as needed. This kind of a quarantine had not been enacted in over half a century. The United States reached mutual agreements with Mexico and Canada to restrict non-essential travel across northern and southern borders. The Trump administration announced that it would expeditiously return aliens who cross between ports or are otherwise not allowed to enter the country as the facilities in which these aliens would be held cannot support quarantine for the time needed to assess potential cases. The The administration raised travel warnings to their highest level for other hotspot locations, including Japan and South Korea. 
President expanded airport screenings to identify travelers showing symptoms and instituted mandatory quarantines again, first time in over half a century. The Trump State Department issued a global level four travel advisory urging Americans to avoid all international travel due to the coronavirus outbreak worldwide. What else did the president do in the few months during the outbreak, the early months? The Food and Drug Administration issued emergency approval for new commercial coronavirus tests to significantly expand testing across the country. President Trump secured legislation that ensured Americans were able to be tested for free. For free. The Trump administration worked with state and local partners in the private sector to open up drive-through testing sites. The Trump administration worked with the private sector to develop a website that Americans could utilize to determine whether they need a test and if so, where to get it. The Department of HHS provided funding to help accelerate the development of rapid diagnostic tests for the coronavirus. The FDA, on the orders of the president, cut red tape to expand testing availability. Admiral Brett Greer, the Assistant Secretary for Health and Head of the Public Health Service, had been appointed to coordinate coronavirus testing efforts. The FDA, under President Trump, empowered states to authorize tests developed and used by laboratories in their own states. The Department of Defense, under the president, set up 15 coronavirus testing sites worldwide. The president signed legislation requiring more reporting from state and private labs to ensure that our public health officials had the data they needed to respond to the outbreak. The Trump administration, specifically Department of Defense and HHS, worked to airlift hundreds of thousands of swabs and sample test kits from Italy to the United States. What else did the Trump administration do in the first two months, two and a half months of the outbreak? Two and a half months. The Small Business Administration announced disaster loans uh, for impacted businesses up to $2 million. The SBA relaxed criteria for disaster assistance loans, expanding small business access to economic assistance. President Trump directed the Energy Department to purchase large quantities of crude oil for the Strategic Reserve. President Trump held calls and meetings with business leaders from the pharmaceutical industry, airlines, health insurance, grocery stores, retail chains, banks, and more. The Trump Treasury Department approved the establishment of the Money Market Mutual Fund Liquidity Facility to provide liquidity to the financial system. The Trump administration negotiated legislation to provide tax credits for eligible businesses that get paid leave to Americans affected by the virus. The Trump administration took action to provide more flexibility in unemployment insurance programs for workers impacted by the virus. The Trump Treasury Department moved tax day from April 15 to July 15. The president signed legislation providing funding and flexibility for emergency nutritional aid for senior citizens women, children, and low-income families. U.S. Department of Agriculture, USDA, announced new flexibilities to allow meal service during school closures. The USDA announced a new collaboration with the private sector to deliver nearly one million meals a week to students in rural schools closed due to the coronavirus. The Trump administration halted foreclosures and evictions for families with FHA-insured mortgages. The Trump Labor Department announced up to $100 million 
in dislocated worker grants in response to the coronavirus national health emergency. The White House worked with the private sector to launch a central website where families, students, and educators can access online education technologies. President Trump signed legislation to provide continuity and education benefits for veterans and their families who attend schools that have had to switch from in-person to online learning due to the virus. The Trump Department of Education gave broad approval to colleges and universities to allow them to move easily uh, their classes online. Department of Education set interest rates on all federally held student loans to 0% for 60 days. The Department of Education announced borrowers will have the option to suspend their payments on federally held student loans for at least two months. Mr. Bidder, I've only addressed half of what the administration did in the first two and a half months. The president announced he's invoking the Defense Production Act. The president signed a memorandum directing his administration to make general-use face masks available to health care workers. HHS announced it would be purchasing half a billion N95 respirators for the strategic national stockpile. That's $500 million. Department of Defense announced it will be providing 5 million respirator masks, 2,000 special ventilators to assist the states. President signed legislation removing restrictions that prevented manufacturers from selling industrial masks, which can readily protect health care workers directly to hospitals. Administration began immediately to work on and accelerate the development of therapeutics and vaccines. FDA evaluated existing drugs that could serve as potential therapeutics. For the virus, the administration worked with dr- and is working with drug manufacturers to monitor any potential drug supply train issue, and on and on and on. Who would have done better? Who would have done more? Nobody. I'll be right back. Mark in. I'm going to be really direct with you. If your cellular plan is with Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, you're simply paying way too much for the exact same coverage you would get right now with Pure Talk. So look at your cell phone bill where it shows data usage. The average person who switches to Pure Talk is using less than 4 gigs of data a month. But the big carriers are charging you for unlimited data. It's like paying for an entire row on an airplane but only needing one seat. That's how Pure Talk saves the average person over $400 a year on their wireless service. Unlimited talk, text, and 2 gigs of data all for just $20 a month. And if you go over on data usage, they don't charge you for it. So folks, switching to Pure Talk is the easiest decision you'll make today. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. When you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com promo code L-E-V-I-N podcast. That's Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA. Simply smarter wireless. Well, the courts are out of control. The Supreme Court in Pennsylvania, which is elected and has a majority of left-wing radical Democrats on it, ruled unanimously... Uh, that uh, mail-in ballots, they prohibited counties from rejecting ballots because voters' signatures on it may not resemble their signature on the registration form. That's unbelievable. 
They say here the victory, this is AP, for the state's top election official, Kathy Bakvar, a Democrat who asked the court to back her up in a legal dispute. I want to talk about Pennsylvania when we come back after the top of the hour. There was also a ruling by a single judge in Travis County, a liberal county, that includes Austin, I believe, yes, and uh, this one judge ruled that uh, overruled the governor who said there's to be one drop-off place for ballots. And the judge ruled, no, there can be multiple drop-off places for ballots. So you have judges now who are running the election process in the states. And I can assure you that the founders, excuse me, the framers of the Constitution and the ratifiers in the states would never have tolerated judges having any say of any kind whatsoever in the election process. Period. Or as Obama would say, period, period, period. Well, let me say this before the break. I had a conversation with a top person in the legislature in Pennsylvania the other day. They're getting legal advice that I don't really agree with. Very, very nice individual. And I reminded this individual that under Article 2 of the Federal Constitution that every member of the Pennsylvania Assembly in the House and the State Senate have a duty under the federal constitution to stop the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, to stop the governor of Pennsylvania, to stop any federal court from interfering with existing Pennsylvania state election law. That these Supreme Court justices have absolutely no authority under Article 2 of the federal constitution where the framers and the ratifiers specifically said the state legislatures will choose the electors. The state legislatures... Not the judges and not the damn governors. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. As I was saying... Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, AP. Pennsylvania Supreme Court ruled unanimously Friday. Democrats and Republicans. On a key concern surrounding an avalanche of mail-in ballots in the presidential battleground state, prohibiting counties from rejecting ballots because the voter's signature on it may not resemble their signature on the registration form. That's the law. The verdict was a victory for the state's top election official, and she's a Democrat, Kathy Bukvar, who asked the court to back her up in a legal dispute with President Trump's campaign and Republican lawmakers. County boards of elections are prohibited from rejecting absentee or mail-in ballots based on signature comparison conducted by county election officials or employees or as the result of third-party challenges based on signature analysis and comparisons, wrote the justices. 
Now, a couple of things. Something like this is going on in Clark County. That's Las Vegas. In Nevada. Adam Laxalt has tipped me off to this. That they have a machine there that basically is set at a level of 40% accuracy. So if a signature comes through and it's said to be 40% likely to be the signature of the person who voted, it goes through. If it's less than that, it goes to two individuals who are sitting in the next room. Those two individuals sitting in the next room then look at the signature and they get to decide if the signature is close. And if they determine it's not, it goes to yet another individual in another room. And they get to decide in the end whether or not the signature is close. So in other words, so far, he tells me, 1% of the signatures have been rejected. So they're all greasing the skids for mail-in voting. They're greasing the skids for real and potential fraud. Now let me turn back to Pennsylvania. It's a big damn state. Getting smaller by the year because people are leaving as a result of the politicians. But nonetheless, the Republican legislature. If we have a problem on election night, a problem likely in many states, the biggest problem is likely to be in Pennsylvania as a result of what the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania is doing. The Supreme Court of Pennsylvania has extended the voting period excuse me, the counting period, for two weeks. The Supreme Court of Pennsylvania has determined that if the, if the postmark is illegible or it's non-existent, that the ballot will count. The Supreme Court of Pennsylvania has decided if the signature on the ballot doesn't match the signature on the registration form, it still counts. So this is all being done to accommodate the early mail-in voting pushed by the Democrat Party, and they are relying on these courts. They're relying on these courts. So I told the leadership, I hope Media Matters gets this right. I told the leadership there, you need to challenge these things. I don't mean in court. You are the final court. There is no judicial review. You need to assert, both houses of the legislature, that these decisions by the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania violate Article 2 of the Federal Constitution. They violate the history behind Article 2. That, in fact, the framers of the Constitution, the ratifiers in the state of Pennsylvania, would never have adopted a Constitution like this that conferred such power on a court an elected court, a Politburo. It was met with, uh, well, not exactly enthusiasm. That legislature, like other Republican legislatures, need to stand up and do their jobs. Every one of these members of the Republican, uh, every one of these Republican members of the State Assembly in Pennsylvania not only have sworn an oath to the state constitution, but the federal constitution. And under the federal constitution, passivity is not acceptable. They must assert their authority. Otherwise, just think of it. Otherwise, why would Article 2 leave it to the state legislatures 
to pick the electors. These courts are reading that language right out of Article 2 of the federal constitution. A state supreme court of all courts doesn't have the authority to amend the federal constitution. And it is the obligation of the state legislature to stand up and fight this. So where is it? Well, you know, we went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court and John Roberts screwed us. It doesn't matter. You have the final say. Not John Roberts. And we have this piece at AOL.com. President Trump and Joe Biden, their campaigns are assembling armies of powerful lawyers for the possibility that the race for the White House is decided not at the ballot box, but in court. Now, why would it be decided in court? Because, you know, ladies and gentlemen, if we voted the old-fashioned way, we had to show up at a voting place where they actually had checks and balances. Each party had individuals there. You had an election judge. You had the registrar. You had to show an ID. You had to be who you said you were. So we know you're not dead. We know you're not an illegal alien. We know you're not voting 14 times. We know you are who you say you are. You know, stuff like that. And then you have absentee ballots where people have to actually justify where they're not coming in person. And they're signed under penalty of perjury with a witness. That's how we used to vote. But apparently that was discriminatory. Apparently it suppressed the black vote or, or the Democrat vote or somebody's vote. So now we have helter-skelter. And so the courts step in and promote the helter-skelter. And so now we have lawyers. The courts love it. Oh, you mean we get to decide? And what John Roberts did the other day was an abomination. He opened the floodgates to these lawsuits. The floodgates. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I don't need people emailing me from their websites and so forth, sending me links to things I just said. I'm on top of it. I'm on top of it before anybody else. Want to hear some good news? Yes. Good news. Look, I could be wrong. I mean, I'm not uh, Nostradamus here. Uh, But uh, I feel like the president is on the ascendancy now. Don't you, Mr. Producer? I feel like we have the wind at our backs. Look, I could be dead wrong. If you don't do what we've talked about in terms of getting other people to vote, you know, there's a lot of comments that I see on my sites where people say, I voted. I voted early. Thanks, Mark. That's not what I said. I said vote, but you need to get five to ten other people to vote. Your job's not over. Don't be mad at me. Your job's not over. It's not done. You've got to get other people to vote. We have to outnumber the other side, and we have to outnumber them by a lot because we have Supreme Courts like the one of Pennsylvania. We have the crap going on in Clark County, Nevada. This is going on. But here's some good news. This is the Washington Examiner, Paul Bedard, a real reporter, by the way. Move over, Bill Clinton. There appears to be a new comeback kid in town. With just 12 days, this is from yesterday, without just 12 days to go before the election, President Trump's approval rating has popped over 50%, considered the holy grail of re-election numbers. In Rasmussen Report's survey, which Trump closely watches, the president's rating jumped three points from 49% to 52% in the three-day average the pollster puts out in its daily presidential tracking poll. Trump's numbers in the past month have looked like a scattershot, but he is recently on an upward trend. In addition to the daily approval rating, Rasmussen and others this week 
have also charted his rise in the presidential race, tightening to two to three points with Joe Biden. Now, all that's great, but if you don't vote, all of that is meaningless. If you don't vote and get other people to vote, all of that's meaningless. We'll be right back. in. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Well, we asked Senator Lindsey Graham to come back because we'd like to see him reelected. Senator Graham, how are you, sir? I am doing good, Mark. I really appreciate all you and your audience have done. It's been terrific. Tell, what is going on in South Carolina? I mean, uh, what, what are they doing? I've never seen so much money in any Senate race. Uh, I think a lot of people hate my guts and a lot of people like me. So $109 million. By the way, I know the feeling. Go ahead. Yeah, all right, okay. <laughs> At least you get paid to do this. That's true. So $109 million, most in the history of the United States Senate, in South Carolina for three reasons. I stood up for Kavanaugh. They'll never forget that. I got in the way of destroying his life. Uh, I've been helping Trump, which is an unpardonable sin. And my opponent is the associate chairman of the Democratic National Committee. They see in him an ally. Uh, it'd be the biggest prize of the 2020 cycle to beat me in the Senate other than beating Trump. And here's the good news. The only thing between that happening are the good people of South Carolina and people on your radio program, lindsaygram.com. I want to fill up the airways the last 10 days and get my message out. They really are targeting you. Now, you, uh, you're, 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 you're going to push through uh, Barrett. Uh, right. The Democrats have been throwing roadblocks up. Uh, the kitchen uh, sink. In, in the kitchen yeah. sink. Uh, you have, in fact, been very supportive of the President of the United States in many respects. I really have come to appreciate him. I've come, you know what? My, you know how I explained the, the Trump thing is we found common ground. I've come to like him, and he likes him, and that. That pretty much gets us to 18 holes of God. <laughs> but you know what? That's a lot of Americans. A lot of Americans yeah. were skeptical, and now they're impressed. Uh, listen, if you're a conservative, uh, you're a Ronald Reagan guy, right? Yes. Name a time since Ronald Reagan where our military has been this strong. Mm-hmm. We've had in the last, what, six weeks, the Sudan, Bahrain, and the UAE recognizing Israel without having to do a deal with the Palestinians. Unbelievable. The caliphate is destroyed. Baghdadi is dead. The Iranians are in a box. The first time in 40 years they've been on their heels. Uh, the border is now calm versus chaos. Uh, before the virus, the economy was just going through the roof. We're going to have three Supreme Court justices that are just absolutely 
great conservatives, 250 district and circuit court judges. Other than that, you've got a lot to complain about as a conservative. This mm-hmm. has been the most successful presidency since Ronald Reagan. I agree 100% with you. And I tell people on this radio program, if we don't hold the Senate, right. we don't win the presidency, this country will be completely changed. Don't you agree? Yeah, well, so they're going to change the Electoral College, which means New York and California picks the president, not the Electoral College system. It just becomes a popular vote. They'll uh, destroy the Senate filibuster, which means that the court will go from 9 to 13, most likely. They're going to fundamentally change the country. D.C. becomes a state on par with South Carolina. Uh, they're structurally – this is not like you know, Clinton-Obama versus Bush – uh, and Trump in terms of policy. This is a structural change in terms of the way America set up. The Supreme Court goes to probably 13. It will become a political pawn. The Electoral College, which gives small states a voice, uh, is wiped out. They're going to add two states that will be perpetually Democratic, structurally changing the Senate uh, forever. Now, look at it the other way. If Trump wins and we keep the Senate, Four more years of conservative judges, probably one or two more Supreme Court replacements, four more years of the tax code being in a business person's hands, four more years of the country run by people who know how to run a business, four more years of a strong military, four more years of uh, standing up to terrorists all over the world, four more years of controlling the border uh, and cutting your taxes and deregulating America. I look at it as a positive opportunity to change the country for the next hundred years. You're right, and I want to encourage my listeners in South Carolina, you Levinites out there, conservatives, you need to rally around Lindsey Graham right now, because my attitude, uh, Senator Graham, is a little different this election than in the past, which is this, straight Republican. Even if you have a difference with a senator or a congressman or even the president, this is, as you point out, Senator, this isn't a typical election. This is an election about the Constitution. This is an election about our economic system. Everything's on the line. Well, Mark, I can't say it any better. We'll go from a uh, sort of a free enterprise nation uh, to socialism. We'll, uh, from law and order to chaos, from uh, conservative judges to liberal judges. Just think the impact Donald Trump's had on the, the court with 250 young conservatives and three Supreme Court justices, four more years transforms the judiciary, four more years of economic growth, deregulating the country. And both of us realize that Israel's the best friend we'll ever have in the Mideast, probably anywhere on the planet. The last four years, this president has stood up for Israel unlike anybody since Harry Truman. And I just hope people all over the country who are conservative realize that Donald Trump is on par with Ronald Reagan in terms of producing results. Mm-hmm. And he is sort of the combination of Ronald Reagan and P.T. Barnum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the best way to describe Trump, I think. But, but I want the audience to know, because I'm talking about you now, that uh, you have also led the fight in defense of Israel. You've also pushed uh, to support Israel. You've also pushed hard to fund the United States military. Uh, you've also pushed hard against impeachment and the coup efforts that have been taking place as the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee. All these judges have had to go through your committee. So you're, you've become, maybe it's seniority, maybe it's age, I don't know. You've become like a, a very, very important spoke in the wheel of the United States Senate for conservatives. Well, I appreciate that. I've been to Iraq and Afghanistan 56 times to make sure the war stays over there and doesn't come back here. 
I understand that radical Islam is the biggest threat to mankind, that the Ayatollah had a nuke, he would use it, have to flip a coin between who he'd hit first, Saudi Arabia or Israel, he'd eventually come after us. The most destabilizing thing in the world is Iran with a nuke. Uh, I understand that peace through strength is the only way to stay safe. And when it comes to judges, you know, my committee is just not me. The Republicans on the Senate Judiciary Committee are frontline heroes. Mm-hmm. We were there for Kavanaugh. We're going to be there for Judge Barrett. She'll be on the court next week. And I love my job now more than I ever loved it. I think I'm, a, I'm making a difference. Thank you for the compliment. We're a good team here. So lindsaygram.com. My last, you know, I found a, a tape between my opponent and Bernie Sanders where he's interviewing Bernie Sanders, and he called him his champion. He also said Nancy Pelosi was his mentor, uh, and uh, Hillary Clinton was his inspiration. There's a lot at stake. You wouldn't know he's a Democrat. He's run $50 million worth of ads, but he's trying to run uh, in the high grass in terms of uh, ideological politics. He's the associate chairman of the Democratic National Committee. He opposed Kavanaugh. He opposed Gorsuch. He would never vote for Barrett. So to my friends in South Carolina who listen to this show, bring a a friend to the polls if you Spare five or ten bucks, lindsaygram.com. I want to end really strong. And America and Levinites out there, the site is lindsaygram.com, lindsaygram.com. I have it on Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter, Mark Levin Show Parlor. If you can help Lindsay, help them right now. They're out of time down there in South Carolina. We wish you all the best, Senator. Thank you. Uh, I'll talk to you after we get Judge Barrett on the, uh, on the Supreme Court. You Thank got you. it. God bless you. Now, I know what a lot of you are saying. I don't care. We've got to get these people elected or we're going to wake up one day and we're going to be just what the hell happened. We're going to do everything we can do. I have a microphone. I have a TV camera. I have a microphone. I have a TV camera. I'm going to do everything I can humanly possible to save this republic. This isn't about, you know, a little bit of policy on the edges here. And no, 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 no. This is for all the beans, America. All the beans. It's not even a hard choice. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Levin, the voice the liberals want to silence. But you can talk to Mark at 877-381-3811. You know, I live in the Commonwealth of Virginia. We have this guy, Mark Warner, who's been senator for 12 years. He was governor for four years. The guy does absolutely nothing, nothing. 
And Ellie has a fortune running commercials, taking responsibility for a $2 trillion COVID relief bill, which he had nothing to do with. In fact, he's been blocking the last relief bill. So people on, who need uh, unemployment support or small businesses are going under can't get the money. He acts like he's actually active and motivated and involved when he's basically a sleeper senator. And, you know, the state has turned purple, if not blue. And so a young man has stepped up by the name of Daniel Gade, G-A-D-E. And Daniel Gade is on the air with me right now. Daniel, how are you, sir? Mark, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, brother. Well, this is considered an uphill race, but it is winnable, isn't it? It's absolutely winnable. Mark, in in the last uh, two months, we've taken the polls from minus 22 to minus 7 and uh, done it basically on a shoestring. I've only raised about $4 million bucks, and we're spending it all on TV and radio. So if you want to help me, go to gadeforvirginia.com slash donate. Yeah, we're going to get to that. Now, how much has uh, <laughs> Warner spent so far? Do we know? Uh, well, he's dropping a big, huge money bomb on my head because he has, no, he has nothing to point at other than his own wealth, and so he's, he's telling all these lies about me. But I think he had $10, 12000000 million in the bank last time I checked. And he's worth several hundred million dollars himself. Let me ask you this keeps running this commercial, not only lying about his own record, but saying, taking out of context an interview you did saying that you consider masks tyrannical or totalitarian. That's not exactly what you said, is it? No, Mark. What I did is I mangled a philosophical point that basically said that a government that's strong enough to make you wear a mask is a government that's strong enough to make you do a whole lot of other things, and that's Mm -hmm. a government that's prone to tyranny. But this this is a guy who says that he cares about coronavirus when he is, as you said, one of the senators who voted against COVID relief for Virginia families. And I think we ought to rise up and revolt against that nonsense. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything this guy's done. It's been my side. No, and- <laughs> People say, name three things he's done. I can't name one thing. Well, well yeah, and, and the lies go worse than that, though, Mark. For example, I'm a veteran. I, lo- I gave a leg in combat. I served in the Army 25 years. I was wounded in combat twice. And this is a guy who's never cared about veterans or military families until 15 minutes before an election in which he's running against a legit veteran. And so he has this ad right now that says he cares about the suicide rate amongst veterans, but he doesn't even know what it is. He says 17 when really it's, it's 22. So, again, this is a guy who doesn't know what he's talking about. And it's just it's I mean, he's a he's a liar and a, and a snake in the grass. And I'm, it's time to get rid of him. Yeah, and he's spending a fortune, you're right, on TV and radio. And he's not the only one all across the country. They're, they're flooding the airwaves to try and uh, redefine who they are and redefine who their opponents are. They don't really want to run on their record, and they don't really run against somebody like you. Give us a little bit of your background. Sure. I, I served in the Army for 25 years from the time I was 17 until I was 42. Uh, graduated from West Point, later went, a, went out on and got a master's degree and a Ph.D. in public policy. Worked in the Bush White House and later, after I retired from the Army in the Trump administration, uh, and during my service, I was wounded in combat twice and lost a leg at the hip and kept serving anyway because I'm a servant. And uh, I'm running against a guy who's a politician, you know, and all he's ever done is be a politician. That's all he's ever done his whole life, and he's been in politics longer than I've been alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you debated him maybe once, right? Three times, actually. Three. Uh, and you can all those are available on YouTube. You can go to just type in Gage versus Warner debates. There's three of them. And in all three, listen to this, Mark, you'll love this as a former uh, debate champion. I think you were, but you can, uh, during the debate, I would look over at him and he was so mad that his hands were shaking because mm-hmm. he just didn't have any good answers. He didn't, he doesn't have a record that he can defend. And so his, his only hope was to 
uh, tell lies about me, and he looked unprepared and, and uh, sick and, and kind of weak, to be honest with you. And guys like that are not used to being challenged. They have a, a, a slobbering media that supports them. How have the media treated you versus him? Well, I think it's more like uh, being ignored rather than being attacked. You know, mm-hmm. they, their hope is that if they don't say anything, then Warner will be able to just skate to a third term, even though he promised he would only serve two terms. You know, um, and even the Washington Post back in 2019 said that his time in the Senate is marked by, quote, few signature accomplishments. And so they, they sort of don't respect him, but they're just hoping that he'll get reelected because, of course, he was the leader of the Trump-Russia conspiracy stuff in the, in the Senate Intel Committee. He truly hasn't done anything. I'm just telling the people in, around the country and in Virginia, you can't name things he's done. That's why he runs these ads, taking credit for a $2 trillion coronavirus relief bill. He had nothing to do with it. And now, as you point out, as I, and I'm pointing out, we're trying to get a couple hundred billion dollars passed so people out in, in the states can uh, get some support, and he won't do it. Right. Right. Yeah, he won't do it because in, in our debates, he said the reason he won't do it is because he didn't get everything he wanted. And what he really wants is bailouts for failing state and local governments that have been failing for decades. And I, I made the point, the obvious point, that if your child is starving to death, you can't give him a steak dinner. What you do do is give him a hamburger if you've got one. And, mm-hmm. and he, uh, you know, he, he voted against COVID relief for those families. And if, so if you're a Virginia family or anywhere around the country and you're hurting right now, you can lay that at the feet of people who voted against the bill at the beginning of September that would have brought a trillion dollars, including $266 billion for paycheck protection, $100 billion for schools, you know, $30 billion for search for vaccines. And he voted no because his party told him to, and he is a party-line rubber stamp for Chuck Schumer. He really is a Schumer Democrat. And, and the thing is, they're holding the economy, a, a gun to the head of the economy, until after the election and they get what they want. Now, America... Virginians, but America, Daniel Gade is a terrific guy. If you can support him, go to GadeForVirginia.com, G-A-D-E, G-A-D-E for Virginia.com, GadeForVirginia.com. You have a family? Yes, sir. I've got a, my wife and I have been married 21 years. We've got an 18-year-old daughter and twin sons who are 12. And you can see all those people on uh, GadeForVirginia.com, as you said. All right. That's G-A-D-E for Virginia.com. How's your ground game? We have a great ground game. We've knocked uh, a couple hundred thousand doors. We've got phone calls going out every day. Uh, we're, we're just doing great. I've got all this grassroots energy and effort uh, going to this race, and I really think that this is a winnable race for Virginia, and it would send a message to the country that just because the leftists win a couple of elections in a row doesn't mean we have to roll over and give up. And I'm a fighter, and I'm going to continue to fight until the very end here. And I think that this bodes well for November 3rd. You know, he almost lost one of his races, didn't he? He did. In 2014, he lost by, or he won, rather, by less than a percent. So this is a historically weak incumbent. Uh, this is a year when there's a, a large majority of, a large percentage of voters out there who are Trump voters who, you know, aren't telling pollsters that. And those folks are going to vote for me. And so I, I really think there's a chance this year. And, and, Mark, I know you live in Virginia, or at least I heard you did, and I would love it if you'd vote for me. <laughs> well, of course. I'm, I already did vote for you, as a matter of fact. Oh, and, uh, and yes, I do live in Virginia. And depending on how things go, I may live in Florida. Now, uh, the fact is that you're an outsider. You're not a politician like, uh, like Warner, correct? Right, yeah. I mean, I, I've been, I was an Army officer for many, many years, uh, only... This is my first run for public office of any kind. 
And I like to joke that I can't run for dog catcher first because I only have one leg and I can't catch a dog. But, uh, but you know, look, the Constitution gives only a couple requirements for Senate, and I'm ready to do this work. You know, I have a Ph.D. in policy. I can absolutely do a better job than the, uh, the failed Senator uh, Mark Warner. May I ask you, uh, what, how did you lose your leg? Uh, IED explosion, uh, roadside bomb. I was a tank company commander west of Baghdad in a place called Ramadi. And I'd been, I was wounded by a rocket propelled grenade in November of four and then by a roadside bomb and IED on uh, January 10th, 2005. Uh, so I spent almost a year in the hospital, had 40 surgeries and, uh, and really had to remake myself after that, which is when I went and got a master's and a PhD in public policy and, and did veterans policy at the white house for president Bush and, and, uh, and so forth. So, it was a real turning point in my life, but I think I've come out on the other side uh, in a shining fashion, and, and the American people and the American dream has sustained me through that time. Well, the people of Virginia are lucky to have you as a candidate. I think the people of America would be lucky to have you as a senator, too. So if we can help, Daniel, ladies and gentlemen, it's Gade for Virginia.com, G-A-D-E for Virginia.com. You can find it on Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter, Mark Levin Show Parlor, or just go there, gateforvirginia.com, G-A-D-E for Virginia.com. Daniel, we wish you all the best because I wish us all the best. Mark, you're awesome. I appreciate it. I appreciate all, appreciate all your followers and uh, listeners, and, and I'm glad to be one of them. God bless, and good luck to you, my friend. It's another important race. You know, we have great candidates. We really do. They have Bolsheviks, pretty much. They're all Bolsheviks. They all pretend to be something they're not, you know. But they're Bolsheviks. That's the bottom line. I'll be right back. Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Senators Collins and Murkowski, both women, voted against moving forward with Judge Amy Coney Barrett's confirmation. They're both phonies. I don't care what kind of race Susan Collins is in. Here's a woman who's not only qualified, almost overqualified to be a Supreme Court justice, has a higher IQ than Collins and Murkowski combined. And they both vote against the process that would ensure she gets on the court. Two Republican women voting against a woman for the Supreme Court. Now, I can assure you they wouldn't do that 
if it was a leftist Ruth Bader Ginsburg type. Because they play to the left in their states. That's pretty much why they've done what they've done. I have no respect for either. I never have. Let's see if we can slip in a caller very quickly here. Catherine, Vancouver, Washington, the great KUFO. Go. Yeah, hi, Mark. Um, Hey, I just wanted to say it's the first time in my lifetime that an October surprise um, benefited the Republicans, and yet the corrupt communist media has just shut it down. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that just drives me nuts. The other thing that I really want to say quick is that Trump, in regards to um, these emails and this laptop, he needs to emphasize that he was impeached because of this. He was impeached because Joe Biden... I, I, I think right now he needs to focus on things that'll get the voters out. Rather than educating the voters about all these emails, there's not enough time for that. Most people like you and me and people who are listening to this show, they're not focused on this. We ought to keep hammering it. Me, you, the rest of us, but he can mention it. But he needs to run on the economy. He needs to run on his response to the virus, which has been excellent. He needs to run on his successes. And again, he can bring up this issue. Don't get me wrong that Joe Biden and his family are corrupt as hell. But if it's to sit there and go through emails and everything and so forth, I don't think that's, uh, that's going to get him too far. But I want to thank you for your call, my friend. Every Friday, in honor of all of you, in honor of our country.
Don't forget, folks, this weekend's crucial. Make sure you vote. Make sure five to ten of the people you know vote. America's counting on you. Your kids are counting on you. We're all counting on you. Please, an army of us, we will take our country back and preserve it. Don't forget, Sunday at 8 p.m. on Fox, Life, Liberty, and Levin. We have a great show, a full hour with Vice President Pence. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Good night, Spritey, Griffey, Pepsi, Smokey, Zelda, Gigi, and my beautiful Barney. Have a wonderful weekend, but get out there. Come on now. You can do this. And good night, Dad, Mom, and Leo. God bless you all. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.